that's an action. That's a that's action on the Eric Anders Lang show. Nice. <laughs> this is an improvised podcast. We weren't going to do a podcast, Brian. And then I showed up and you said, let's do a podcast. Yeah, you just showed up and you're like, uh, I was just looking at you and I was hearing you talk. Brian Skavnak, you are, uh, you're, you're, I was going to say you're a tremendous slouch, but. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know me well. Good. Nice. Uh, you, uh, you hail from Minnesota. I do. You care about golf. I care a lot, yeah. But more importantly, why do you care about golf? I, I care about the kids in golf. Right. Mostly because I want to see them grow to be good kids and golf does that for people it does do that you uh carved out a little name for yourself uh you you we were in the kitchen and i was telling will the intern today shout out will Will the intern that's a good ring to it i like it will will came in as an intern but he may own the company in a week he could i don't know he's got a lot dude he has a lot of ideas it was crazy because i mean we were talking about the coincidences surrounding will's uh you know materialization in the process here (laughs) <laughs> and then I was telling him your story about how you and I met years and years and years ago now. Yep. Six? Something like that, yeah. Five, six, yeah. It's got to be. And to even add more, um, you know, coincidental nature, we met in Vegas yep. where I'm going tomorrow. Tomorrow. Have fun. Um, but anyway, you at that time you were doing basically group and individual lessons with juniors. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of that's, that's kind of my 80% of the, the stuff I teach are two juniors even um, still even still yep I, I get their families involved now but it's it's mostly juniors because it's i think like a kid and i act like a kid so why not hang around kids because they're fun <laughs> yeah you are you i've seen you interact and you are very playful which is unusual for adults yeah adults usually have a an agenda i think it's easier for me to talk to kids than talk to adults because yeah. I was the kid growing up that didn't talk to my senior year in high school because i was afraid of everything why do you think that is i mean what is what is the actual difference I don't know. I don't know if it's, I was so scared of judgment before. And then you realize when you get older, you're like people don't really don't judge you that much. No. You think it's all in your own head. And the kids are like, Hey, you hit a golf ball. Hey, look how far that goes when it goes, you know, like a top one and it could go, Oh, it's the best shot I've ever seen. It's awesome. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Whoa, how far can you hit that seven yeah. iron? And I, yeah, I could, I could shank one. They're like, Whoa, how'd you get that in the air that far? Yeah. So we played golf together early on when we first met, mm-hmm. we, we, we played a couple rounds together and I, yep. I think there was about 15 people on this little golf trip. Yep. Uh, it was a fundraiser for Be The Ball yep. that our mutual friend Kevin had set up. And those of you listening at home, if you want to get a visual for Kevin, watch um, the uh, first episode from Season 3 of Adventures in Golf. Kevin is featured as a local Minnesotan describing the winter golf-crazed Minnesotan. He's the one who looks really cold outside, yeah. no jacket on. That's, that's Kevin. We were cold. It was really cold that day. Um, but Brian, uh, Kevin introduced you, you and I on this golf trip fundraiser to uh, Vegas, where we where we attempted to our best efforts to raise money for Be the Ball, yep. which you know we'll just say that it was a success. It was fun. <laughs> we got a friendship out of it. How about that? Well, and you know, actually, you know what I remember from that? Tell me. I don't know if it was like the is the first or second hole of whatever course bears best or whatever course we played first. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That we we, we you got crammed. your first eagle. That's what I remember. I remember you. Oh my god! You almost drove the green. I remember it now. And then you, it was either a chip or a putt from the right on the fringe. It I remember was a par it was. four, and I chipped in. Yeah. And you looked at me and you said, that's my first eagle. I'm like, dude, that's your first eagle. Sweet. Whoa. Yeah. That's dude, that, what I remember. See, cause I don't remember what I shot. I remember what you did. Right. I remember the people there. That's dude, the that, stuff. That kind of makes me want to cry. All right. Because uh, I don't remember that. I mean, I remember it now yeah. that you tell me. But what I remember is that um, 
that you know this was this whole trip was engineered around this idea of making money not making money but uh, you know uh, furthering a passionate project that i had yeah. which was uh, important and and still is and for those of you that are wondering where be the ball is don't worry it's somewhere under the carpet and i'm trying to find it <laughs> it's, no no it's a great film and we're just we're just finishing it up uh, and you know everything's fine everything's fine mom nope um but uh, but what I remember from that trip to Vegas is that uh, I just re- I remember enjoying playing golf with you specifically. Nice. You're uh, you're obviously a very good golfer, a PGA pro. Um, you can hit the shit out of a golf ball. You've got a smooth swing, um, but also you uh, really had this fine dance of um, enjoying it and 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 um, paying attention to the game and the shots and the score. But having so much fun with it. You have to. I mean, it's, it'll drive you nuts if you don't. I mean, it's rare for people of your skill level to do that, though. That, I, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. It's, uh, you're either ultra competitive and you want to kick everyone's ass all the time, or you don't care at all. I, mean, I don't know if I'm on the don't care side. or you know, I, I, I don't keep score when I play. I, but you know what you shot. I know what I shot exactly. I played so many rounds that you know what you're going to do. Yeah. And at the end, it's... Yeah, I, I tell, like, I tell like my like students bogey, that. Bogey, like, bogey, yeah. bogey, birdie, bogey, yeah. yeah, whatever it is. What do you... What, when was the last time you played a full 18? Um, last Saturday. What did you shoot? I have no idea. Come on. It was 41 degrees out in Minnesota. And oh, my God. We were going to Top Golf. They just opened Top Golf, Minnesota. Oh, did they? Yeah, it was a two and a half hour wait. I had this high school crew that I go with every, every Saturday. I've taught them since they were five. And they're 17 now. And so there's like five or six or seven of them that depending who can make it each week. And they're awesome. They're so much fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go every Saturday somewhere. And Top Golf was the wait. So we're like, all right, let's go over to the other local course. And it was so cold. Oh, my God. Even, Did they have heaters? Uh, oh, they see. They went somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we, you went, you played golf outside. So we played golf outside. It's no 40, snow? It's 41. It's windy. Uh, it felt like it was going to snow. And that's even, you know, from, Minnesotans are crazy when it comes to, to golf like that as you look at episode one, Ch- of, chilly open. There you go. Um, By the way, those of you, li- those of you listening, Brian um, was an integral part of the chilly open episode from season three of Adventures of Golf because uh, I stayed in your basement uh, with David, and I stayed in your basement, David, the DP, and we watched Planet Earth every night. You, yeah, and actually, you got me into Planet Earth. Got- and my kids are like, "Hey, can we watch Planet Earth? It's awesome." <laughs> that was like one of the uh, coziest uh, Adventures in Golf lodging stories I've ever. <laughs> it was just so nice. Yeah, it was really generous of you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. Um, So, uh, so you don't know what you shot because it was too cold. I, I, I don't know. I know. Okay. I know that I lost a couple golf balls. The water yeah. took some. I know I made a couple birdies. Yeah. I know, and, and I don't care because I was hanging out with these kids that were fun and they were goofing around. And, uh, yeah. you, you seem like you could be a birdie machine. I feel I, like you I could can, unload some yeah, fucking birdies. Yeah, that's actually my goal in golf. If I was going to have one goal in golf, is to birdie every hole. In one round. In one round. I want to birdie 18 holes in 59. Yep. I don't want an eagle. I don't Sorry, want a par. 54. 50, whatever course I'm playing. Yeah, I want 18 birdies. I've started off birdie, birdie, birdie before. That's the best I've done. That's, it's, <laughs> and that's, the fourth hole, I'm like, nope, you can't do it now. That's All right, a cool. house of Keep cards. Playing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think Tiger Woods has been trying to do this. Could be. Yeah. And, and probably everybody. Uh. <laughs> I just don't... I, when I was, was kind of getting into teaching a little bit more, mm-hmm. I, I'd shoot like mid-70s. You know, I kept score then. Uh-huh. And... One of my instructors said, "Hey, Brian, you know what? what do you, what's your goal? What do you want to shoot?" I'm like, um, "72. That's my goal." And he's like, "You don't want to shoot 68?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, I, I want to shoot 68." And he's like, "Why didn't you tell me that then?" I'm like, "Cause I don't think I can do it." We got it. We got a dog barking. Will the intern? Yeah, Riley. <laughs> Riley. Will Will uh, Will asked if we could bring Riley, and of course I said yes. 
And so Riley and Snowball have been having a wonderful Thursday, getting to know each other. Um, Might be down here in a second. Back to the program. So, yeah. so then you explore the idea of shooting four under. 68. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, why didn't you tell me that? I'm like, I don't think I can do that. Ooh, and, I don't either, to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> and so right when he, he then he said, why not? And I, and I didn't know. I didn't have an answer at the time. And since then, I've shot plenty of rounds in the 60s, and I didn't think anything of it. It was just that huh. one. The, the, it's funny. There's little things in your life that are like little breakthroughs. Huh. That's one thing I remember that like, why don't you think you can shoot that? And I had no reason. I just, I don't know. I just didn't think I could. And then eventually I did. You know, I need to fucking get back into this mode because right now I, I, I go, I play one under, two over, one under um, through nine. And then on 10, I have a double. And then on 11, I have a double. And then on 12, I have a double. <laughs> and then on 13, I have a triple. And all of a sudden, I'm back to shooting 82. And then I just par out. And it's so fucking weird how I literally level up to whatever I thought I was supposed to do. Because you get back to your comfort level, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. You know, people always want to break 90 or break 80 or break yeah. whatever. I taught a guy once who broke, you want to break 90? And he came back to me. He's like, Brian, I shot a 39 in the front. I'm like, sweet. Now, usually when everybody tells me they shoot 39 in the front, I'm like, oh, what happened on the back? He goes, I shot 37. Whoa. I'm like, whoa. So the first time this dude broke 90, he shot 76. <laughs> what? <laughs> It was crazy. What? And it wasn't me because we had, a couple, we had a couple lessons that they weren't the greatest lessons in the world. Um, but he just, it, was, it blew my mind. He went deep. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even close. <laughs> That's why it is. It's just a dumb little number. It means nothing. Yeah. Why not? Why is it 90? Why not say 88? Or why not say 86? Or... Yeah, it's funny that it's 70, 80, 90. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just doesn't matter that much. I just, I think I need to um, get a lobotomy. And then maybe I could really, really. I, I coach a high school girls golf team. Huh. So that's, I mean, basically I tell them, I'm like, just stop thinking about anything ever because that's how you play good golf. Well, because it's true. you can't, I mean, they have so much other crap going on in their life that they, they clog their head. That's the same with us. We just clog our head. Just get rid of it. Let's dig more into your history here. So, yeah. so, uh, junior golf coaching, and then you, uh, decide to put pen to paper. I did. I, uh, I wrote a book. Um, and actually the, the thing that made me write the book was when my mom died. And that's one thing that not a lot of people know. And it was based, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I don't know if you did. Yeah, I, just, I don't tell a lot of people that. And so it was, uh, she well, now, died. In two, well, now my parents know. Yeah. <laughs> and the other three <laughs> listeners, thank you very much. Yeah, she, uh, she died in 2011 in May. And uh, I, I would send out like emails to my students every week. Like, hey, come to this clinic. Hey, you know, bring a friend for free. All that, you know, golf stuff. And I wrote a story about her for this email during the week. And instead of sending out the, the 50% off a clinic email, I sent out this story about my mom. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this is even going to work. I don't know if people are going to read this or people are going to hate me or if... You had an email list of how many people? Hmm, it wasn't a lot of the time. Maybe, I don't know, 1,000, 1,200, something like that. And you would just weekly sit down and it was your way of kind of... It was like Facebook or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. And I just, every Tuesday, I'd send something out. And it was, right. it was all golf related. And it was like, uh, fix your slice? Yeah, exactly. It was like little tips and stuff like that. And this right. time, I completely switched it. Whoa. And it was all, it was a story about my mom and how we went to shopping together and she acted like a crazy person and it was really fun. And it was, it was, it was almost like therapy for me where some people, like when someone dies in their life, you know, it's, you know, you're going to go on, go on a weekend binge or you're going to do something stupid or you're going to do something that kind of hurts yourself. This one is, I just wrote and I wrote and I wrote and people liked it. And then they said, keep writing. So I said, okay, I'm going to keep writing. And eventually all these stories turned into a book. And that's what it was. That was the basis of it. That the book. was the basis of it, yeah. Happy Golf Starts Here. Yep, exactly. Now, what does that title mean to you? Um, boy, that's a good question. Um, I'm filled ba with them. Basically, <laughs> basically when, I, when I first came up with the title, I was trying to think of where actually golf 
comes from when you're playing it. And, and you'd agree with this, that it comes in your mind and it comes in your heart. It comes in a couple different spots. Oh, where do you experience golf exactly. as a human? Exactly. If you can shift it from your mind to your heart, it's easier hmm. because we th- overthink things all the time. And if you can feel it emotionally more than anything, that's for me when I play better golf. Can you explain that to me yeah. in a more binary, more in a more dumb way? When I'm teaching golf and I tell someone to move their arm in a certain way or have their weight go in a certain way or mechanic stuff, most of the time the mechanic stuff doesn't work as well if I say, hey, focus on the target. What's your target? Hmm. Your target is the flag. Oh, yeah, my target's the flag, but okay, how about the red checker of the flag? Or how about the left side of the cup when you putt? I don't like putting to the, to the cup. I like oh. putting at like 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock. Or I look at it and say, this ball is going to go in at about 9 o'clock. It's way more effective. It is. So if you focus outside yourself on the target, it's kind of zen stuff too. But if you got to get away from yourself and go outside to whatever that thing is you're trying to do. Right. Instead of have so many mechanics that tense you up. Right. Same type of thing. It just kind of, it's one of those things that, I, I think that's one of the, I started playing better golf when I wrote. I just, what do you mean? I, did, I, did, I didn't care as much right. about the mechanics of it and how I looked and, and out driving. I don't hit the ball very far. I can out-putt anyone, though. But yeah, you are I, don't, I don't hit it very far. But that's what I started thinking about more when I played was, you know, how do, how do I enjoy this more? And what can I get out of this more? And it just translated everything else in my life, too. And so what did the answer become of how you enjoy and get more out of golf? People. It's all people. It's all who you're matched up with. I used to get to the point where... I wouldn't tell people my real occupation on the course because they go, Hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? Well, I don't, I'm a golf pro. And right away it'd be like, Oh, I'm hitting the ball to the right all the time. Can you help me with this? I'm like, no, I just want to play golf. I'm just yeah, trying to have fun. That so would be I, tough. So I started making up occupations. Really? Yeah. What so, would you say? So I was a correctional officer. No, I was an actuary. <laughs> um, my dad was always in on it too. So we do, uh, I did dentist once. Amazing. And, um, did they ask for the advice dentist there? Screwed, no, the dentist one, I almost messed up. Cause I, I mean, in my head in the parking lot, I'm a dentist today. Uh-huh. And we get to the first tee and we introduce ourselves and like, Hey, what do you do? What do you do? And the guy went first. He goes, Oh, I'm a dentist. I'm like, Oh crap. This guy's a dentist. And so I just, so I looked at my dad right away. And I switched. He goes, "What do you do?" I'm like, I, "I'm an actuary." So I had, to, I had to flip it right away. I, I don't think I can talk dentist with that guy. No, you could not yeah. have. Because I no. have molars. I can't talk about molars. No, it would have been like, remember that scene in Spies Like Us when they're like, when they have to do surgery. Yeah. And the and the other doctor's like, uh, the patient has been shaved, and they're like, uh, of course. <laughs> Bob Hope has a great line. Mind if I play through? <laughs> doctor, doctor, glad yep. I'm not sick. Um, that's so funny. You are kind of a prankster. And maybe that's maybe that's kind of your childish nature. It could be, yeah. That's what I relate to. I was going to say earlier, like the idea of one one of the things I really uh, don't like is uh, one of the things I really like is just talking about the things that are happening right now. Yes, I agree with you. You know, and I mean, this conversation I think is a wonderful exercise, and and one of the, my favorite things about the podcast is that it's a reason to have a fucking interesting discussion. Yeah, instead of texting someone, or instead of yeah, you're right. You can yeah. actually look at someone and talk to them. Right, or even uh, even just like okay, you have a period of time now. Now talk about talk talk about something and be interested and make it interesting. Whereas I feel like you know, um, you could spend a lot of time in your life just sort of like. I don't know. It's just sort of like almost like not really getting at the heart of anything. It's a lot of small talk. Small talk. And, is and a bit, small yeah. talk. I, I like the. There's got to be something meaningful and something deeper because yeah. pe- people want to talk about these things. I, think, I still think vulnerability is the key to everything. I like that. As, as long as you can, 
you know, kind of reach down and not worry about what other people think, which young Brian did that all the time. Right. Old, old Brian doesn't do that. Kids have a good way of uh, being fearless. Uh-huh. Um, but what I was going to, further to that, um, I, 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 I kind of, I, I don't like the question of like, what's next for you, Eric? Or like, or like, um, you know, we, <laughs> we were playing golf with someone the other day and bless his heart, nice guy, but he said, tell me a story. And I was like, uh, what? Like, huh? Like, uh, there's any story? Like, that sounds like a job. Yeah. I think that's what I get paid to do. I'd rather just talk to you about kind of like the way the light is hitting the trees right now. Or so I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know what that is. Isn't that how conversation goes though? Like you say something and someone else says something and all of a sudden you think of something else and you remember something from that happened to you. Mm. And then you mention that and then they're like, Oh yeah, that happened to me too. And it goes yeah. back and forth. That's what a conversation. Well, and I mean, that's an interesting point is conversation. Uh, it's, there's a very subtle difference between interview and conversation. Right. And I think one of the things I try, really try to do with this podcast is not make it an interview. You know, I think conversation is way more exciting. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, uh, but anyway, to get back to the interview. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Next question. <laughs> um, I, anyway, I just think kids have a way of looking at the world that's not, it's, it's very in, to, in immediate. Yes. It's very now, right? It's very what's happening right now. Yep. And I think adults, have you ever read The Little Prince? Probably. Oh, dude, you have ago? to read it again. Okay. I'm telling you, please, like, I don't tell people to read shit because I know what of a burden it is. Like, I don't really read anything. But, um, the Little Prince is this wonderful story about a kid who basically uh, outlines the difference between adults and children. It's written in the 30s, 1930s. Oh. Obviously not. Yeah, but anyway, um, and he sort of talks about the world of adults and how they're very confused about what's important. And I think you dig it. Um, it's very. I think it's true now. It's heartful. <laughs> what's oh, it's, important? Oh, it couldn't it's be more true. Late, yeah. It's still very true. But um, anyway, I was going to go back to why. You know why kids are so refreshing. I mean, I just watch them; they can swing and miss ten times in a row, and they hit that one golf ball down the range. Even if it doesn't go in the air, they're like, "Yeah, I'm good at this." Right, yeah. and, they right. Be- and they believe it. Yeah, it's got to be exciting. It's it's so much fun. Um, so you write the book, uh, "Happy Golf Starts Here," and then uh, and then another thing happens to you in your life where you sort of continue on following your inner Ouija board of interests. Yeah, and I just I kept writing it. One of the things I wrote about. It, this was actually three months after my mom died. So this was kind of before the book actually even came out. I just, I wrote this thing that it was just a letter to my golf students and it was going as they went back to school. I'm like, Hey kids, when you're at school and more from the email list. Yeah, exactly. And that's all it was. Yeah. So it just, it just it, started. It's email. interesting to me that this email list for you, uh, I think it kind of shares a similarity with like, for me, the way I treat, uh, my Instagram mm-hmm. is it's kind of like an open letter. Yeah, exactly. And I'm yep. treating it like a blog. I'm treating it like, uh, you know, I'm not going to write, I'm not going to post a photo and be like, um, I don't know. Like they, there's a lot I of had weird waffles shit. for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, I don't really like to just post a photo and be like summer vibes. Right. Like, cause for me it's more about like, well, we have an opportunity to actually say something that might be valuable. I think that's what I appreciate about your Instagram too. Oh, thank is, you. Is that, is that it's not just a, a sentence. It's, you know, this paragraph of this is what I'm thinking in the moment. This is what I'm feeling in the moment. I think that's awesome. Thank you. And it doesn't always have to relate either. No. But I think your email list sounds like I, I relate a lot in that way of like th- this is sort of a, uh, a, a avenue for connection. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I wrote this letter to them and it just basically said, hey, at school, you're going to love some stuff. You're going to hate some stuff. Some teachers are awesome. Some you're not going to like so much. Right. Some kids are going to be mean to you. Some aren't. But through everything, just be the nice kid. And that's what I told him. I just and I kind of reiterated over over the letters. Just be the nice kid. This is going to happen. Just be the nice kid. This is going to happen. Just be the nice kid. And I started getting parents writing me back saying, "Hey, 
can you can you say this to my kids? Can you come to our schools and say this? And we, we don't care about the golf stuff, but come talk about being the nice kid. I'm like, okay, how do I do that? What do you want? And they said, just just tell stories like you tell that you know, that you send out. I'm like, okay. And so seven years later, last fall, seven years after I wrote this thing, somebody posted this little quote from my Be the Nice Kid letter, and it just went wild. I mean, Wait, seven? Seven years. I wrote this thing, this Be the Nice Kid letter, like seven years ago when my mom died. And last seven, 2000, what, is, what year is this? 2017, the fall of 2017. So I guess six years later at the time. That's insane. It blew up. It just, it went, it was shared 500,000 times on one Facebook page. It was shared a million times on another Facebook page. <laughs> I was getting emails and letters and notes from people and I didn't even know certain countries even existed. I thought it was cool though. Cause I'm right. like, Hey, this thing relates, this thing relates. And, and for me, it was just a little part of this letter and this one little quote from it just kind of took off. So That's from, so from there, this golf pro in the summer teaches, you know, golf outside and now in Minnesota, we can't do much in the in the winter outside. So I visit schools all over the country, talking about being the nice kid, telling a bunch of stories, kind of inspiring them, motivating them, having fun with them, goofing around. So uh, this is so interesting. I mean, this is like what what an incredible transformation. I, yeah, and there was no plan. There was, and I told you, I was I was such the quiet kid when I was younger. I that, could see that. That I just didn't. I, I still kind of consider myself the quiet kid, but you're kind of like if 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 left unattended, you would just kind of manage. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, you're just like, I'm going to go over here and fuck with this shit, yeah. and I'm going to do that. And you're, you're kind of interested, but you're not going to, like, demand the spotlight or the center nope, of attention. I don't need it. I mean, the same with me. Yeah. I'm, I would probably just go mess around, and I'd probably start... I would probably find one person and just, like, become buddies, and then just, like, then go make get trouble, get into yeah. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun part, though. Yeah. So, um, so, so the, so the, 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 the letter goes viral. Yep. And, and then, and then like, where, when are you faced with a decision or something? Are you? I, I don't know if it's a decision because it works so well schedule wise that mm. I can still teach golf. I can still hang, you know, I can, summer wise is fine. There's no schools in session in the summer. Right. So then the winter when I can't teach golf as much, I mean, I can still do inside stuff, but not when schools want me to come, the ho- you know what the hardest part is? The hardest part is being away from my family. Sure. So it's, I try to schedule two or three day little trips just so I can kind of go out and visit some schools and then come back. And I'm actually bringing my kids to a couple of them. So it'll be fun. Um, I want to ask you about your schedule, but I just want to take a quick break for some ads. Everybody just literally just don't freak out. We'll be right back. All right, everybody got a, got a read here from Ben Hogan golf. When legendary golfer Ben Hogan founded his equipment brand in 1953, he proclaimed his products would offer quote, the best performing design the best feel for contacting the golf ball, and the best eye appeal. Hmm, I like that eye appeal. Today, 65 years later, the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company remains committed to delivering a superior product line. And thanks to a unique factory direct business model, Ben Hogan handcrafted, custom made forged irons, wedges, hybrids, and utility clubs are available for hundreds of dollars less than golfers would pay for competitive products through traditional retail stores. Backed by risk-free demo and trade-in programs, golfers can enjoy best-in-class golf equipment, including the acclaimed Fort Worth black and white irons, edge irons, or the popular equalizer wedges, all developed and manufactured using Mr. Hogan's proprietary club building process. That's right, tour-quality custom Ben Hogan golf clubs for a fraction of what competitive products would cost at retail. Don't pay unnecessary middleman markup. Visit BenHoganGolf.com and use the discount code ERIC for 10% off your order. 
Visit BenHoganGolf.com and play with the quality and craftsmanship that Ben Hogan Golf Equipment is famous for. That's BenHoganGolf.com, discount code ERIC, E-R-I-K, for 10% off your order. Check them out. Adidas Golf Shoes, y'all. Uh, my favorite pair, I'm going to go with Addy Pure. I like the Tour 360 Knit. Yeah, the Knit one. Check out what DJ's wearing and get into that, my guy. Nothing compares to a pair that I wear on the course every time I play. It's true, y'all. I don't miss not being able to wear any other golf shoe because contractually I can only wear Adidas at this point. But the truth is, I couldn't imagine a better situation. And you know what? A little behind the scenes, I went to Adidas and I was like, look, guys, let me not wear any other golf shoe ever. And they were like, yes, sir. And I was like, yes. And then my agent was like, this contract is signed. Anyway, now all I wear is Adidas and I couldn't be happier. Comfort and stability is hard to find in golf shoes, but Adidas delivers every time, quite literally every goddamn time. I've worn, I've had so many friends tell me how comfortable their golf shoes are, how uncomfortable their golf shoes are, and I always tell them, buy Adidas, Boost, and my guy. Get into the Boost, y'all, literally. It's very easy for me to talk about them because I actually like them. You can't beat Boost. It's so comfortable. So basically, Adidas golf shoes, and then they're what? There's basically Adidas golf shoes, and then there's every other brand. True facts. No comparison. Adidas golf shoes every time, my guy. You can buy a pair of your local retailer or visit adidas.com and go to the golf section. Because where else do you want to go on adidas.com? You only want to go to the golf section to buy golf shoes. Also, follow adidas.com. I'm sorry. Follow Adidas Golf on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook for all the latest news and releases. Oh, big update. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. So when you so th- then basically most of the winter, how, when you say you miss your family, like yeah. how long are you gone? It's not a lot. I mean... I, like I said, I try to do like two or three day trips. It's right. not crazy long. Um, and the schools cover all your expenses. Schools cover the expenses. And yeah, just to, Are you able to make money from this? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, they, the school will pay you a little bit. Yeah. My, my goal is, you know, because there's, I mean, there's obviously different levels of schools. There's some schools with right. big budgets and there's some schools with no budgets. Mm. And I, I don't like picking and choosing kids based on if they can actually get me out there or not. This is why you're fucking awesome. Yeah, it's hard for me. So that's why it's, it's gonna be very. So if hard. anybody wants to sponsor me out there to travel, <laughs> on, yeah, it just it's hard. Do, it's, by the way, how do people find you online? Uh, BeTheNiceKid.com. Boom. Is where it is right now. Okay, and that's the main way. That's to get in the touch main with way. You. Yeah. That's how to get in touch with you. That's how to see everything you've done. Yep. They can pick up your book through there. Yep. They can schedule a golf lesson. Golf lesson is thehappiestgolfer.com. Thehappiestgolfer.com. Yep. So I have a couple different ones, but that is a title that uh, only one can uh, name themselves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of. I why not? Nobody else claimed it yet. I know. Might as well do it. <laughs> that's 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 super cool. Why not? I uh, more normally people don't score themselves by feeling. Yeah, that's true. And it's, it's just that was one of the things I wrote is that this number doesn't define your character. No. It doesn't. And it shouldn't. We were. I was playing the other day with some beginners, and she was like, I'm awful. And I was like, yeah, but guess who doesn't care? The three of us. Yeah. Right? The, the, we don't care. We just want you to have fun and, you know, um, you know, add to, add to it without taking, you know, because some, some bad golfers really want to let you know how bad they are. Oh, yeah. I, That's <laughs> I a hard one. There, yeah. That's a hard one. Or let you know why they're playing so bad. 
Oh, I, I just, oh, I hurt my elbow there. Oh, oh I, yeah. I'm in a divot. Oh, that's coming over the top. Dirty. Oh, I just got a haircut. Oh, just, dang it. Just struggling with, uh, <laughs> just getting stuck. Yep. Oh, really? You're getting stuck? I couldn't tell. Yeah. I couldn't tell because every shot is about 30 yards right. Yeah. <laughs> You're a lefty. Are you a lefty? Uh, I taught myself how to play lefty, but no, I'm ready. You're right. Yeah. I don't know why I thought you were lefty. That's right. I can hit the golf ball left-handed. But. You're a gangster. You, you can do whatever you want. I try. <laughs> um, but uh, so so, uh, wh- where's the farthest place you've gone? Um, mostly United States stuff right now. So, I mean, I was in Boston last week, and now right. I'm in L.A. with you today, and i got a couple of schools tomorrow. And so a I'm couple go- I, schools. Yeah, I'm planning. Uh, there's a lot of schools in Australia that yeah. uh, are interested, so I'm hoping next year is I'm going there. Just route out a trip there. Just, yeah, I'm almost to the point where – you know, if I can if I can hit three weeks to a month there and yeah. hit a bunch of schools, that's what you got to do. Because I can't, I'm not, I can't want to go there for four days. <laughs> Are you gonna bring the sticks? Yeah, I'll have to. You then. gotta yeah, bring I the gotta sticks, yep. dude. Have you been to Australia? I've never been there, dude. Australia has some incredible golf, unbelievable golf. I just and it, it's so different, isn't it? Yeah, it's and, pretty different. Yeah, yeah. Would you ever consider like, is there a hybrid here for golf? Like a be the nice golfer? I've actually done. Yeah, I've I've done some school visits where we'll do uh, like the talk to the kids in the morning. And then do a golf lesson with the parents in the afternoon, and then Whoa. have like a parents' night at night, and so it's it's like a full day thing. I've, I haven't Whoa. done too many of those, but it, they're fun because it just it incorporates everything. Because because right. you can like we talked about at the beginning, you can learn so much from golf that you know it's you learn so much about yourself just from this dumb little game with a white ball. Right, right, and it can translate into other things. Yeah, that's fascinating, Brian. Um, what um, I think you and I share a lot in common as far as golf is concerned. Where would you say is um, the largest opportunity within the game of golf right now? As far as playing, like who's going to play, or as far as? As far as, I, I just invented the question as I was opening my mouth. So I had nothing in mind. I just sort of started talking. So when I guess when I'm thinking opportunity is like more like, well, Bill Murray. Yeah. When I interviewed him, I said, define golf in one word. And he said, it's an opportunity. And so I guess I was thinking about that. I, I think it's. If we get away from the the business side of golf, if we get rid of the score side of golf, and you kind of dig deep, kind of like it, that's basically the small talk of golf, mm. and you go deeper than that, um, you find out a lot. I mean, you find out that, that that's when my mom died. That's the reason I wrote that is that there's more to golf than the score. There's more to life than the stuff you have. There's just there's so much more there. We're just scared to kind of go look for it. Yeah. And once you see that, once you, you stop making assumptions and you see these other things that can happen, you know, because everybody has an assumption of what golf's like. You know, yeah. golf's an old guy's sport. Golf's a, you know, a rich guy's sport. It's, it makes sense. But when you dig deep into it, there's so much more you can find from it. Right. And, and I'm not going to, I can't tell people what they're going to find. They, they got to find it themselves. That's the hard part. That is hard. Uh, what, what, any questions for me? <laughs> that's a stall right there. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. I stalled. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, what is, uh, well, you've been, you've been everywhere. You've been many places. You have a lot of adventures in golf all over the world. What, what hasn't golf given you yet? Whoa. I thought you were going to go the most basic question I ever no. get, which is what's your favorite? <laughs> what has golf not given me yet? Ah, oh, I could burst into tears. What has golf not given me yet? This isn't small talk anymore. <laughs> what has golf not given me yet? And you might you might not know off the top of your head, but yeah, I have a feeling like I don't know. I mean, I certainly uh, do consider my life incomplete uh, in the same way that Hemingway says that you're not a man until you've had a son. 
So I do dream of the day where Snowball is replaced with a human child, and <laughs> with a um, lot of white fur. Yeah, yeah, boy or girl, I don't. I'm yeah. not, I don't. I don't. I just want them to be interested in golf. I would be very meaningful to me to share that with um, with someone whom I'm tasked with essentially framing the world for. Hopefully, in a way that's like loving and uh, interested. But um, but yeah, I mean that's not golf's fault. That's my own. Uh, that's because I married a psycho. What I didn't say. I know oh. what. Hey, I, I mar- didn't say that. I married a beverage cart that girl. Just- <laughs> That's what I found in golf. You did. I did. You did. <laughs> Thank you for carrying me through that one. <laughs> yep. I uh, married a wonderful woman who is now, you know, but we didn't have a kid. Yeah. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank Jesus. Uh, everybody, all the deities. You married a cart girl. Let's move on. I did. I, I didn't. Did really, I think you did tell me that. Yeah. You guys met when you were quite young. We were. She was young. Yeah. We were. How old was I? Two twenty. 25 maybe she was 22 23 not super young but she right. was she was a substitute golf cart girl all our college girls went back to school <laughs> our head pro needed someone so he called in his wife who happened to work with my wife now and went from there she asked me out there you go yep. that's minnesota yep, maybe it is, yep. is that, that's minnesota's very different culture i told you i was scared of everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> how did she ask you out uh she called me and she just said, hey. "How did she get your number?" Small um, town. She got it from the the head pro's wife. Nice. Yeah, it's not. No, I wasn't. Small oh, town. you were working there. I was working there. Yeah. Right. I was actually working at two different places at the time. Right. And uh, she, I met her at one place, and I was I just happened to be leaving the other place when I was teaching, and I, I heard this message on my phone and said, "Hey, it's it's Kim from the golf course. Just wondering if you want to go out sometime." And I'm looking back at this, you know, my second place. I'm like, "Who the heck is Kim from the golf course? Like, I just left here. There's no Kim that works here." Like who's Kim? It took me like a two minutes when I was driving home. Like, oh, the other golf course, the other Kim. I got right, you. Okay, so right. that, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And she's a golfer, good golfer. Do you guys play together ever now? Or yeah, so? not as much. No, not you know, the old excuse, but now you get not the as kids. much with kids. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah, we. Uh, she was. She's good. She's a good player. That's uh, that's. Um, I do love hearing those stories. You know, um, on the podcast, there have been uh, several people that have met through golf mm-hmm. and gotten married in golf. And I just find those so random, uh, r- romantic, um, and random. We were actually, not, we had another one of that same golf course where Kim and I met that, um, another beverage car girl and another kid from that was working on the inside. They got no married way. a few years ago. Yeah. That's insane. It's that course. So if you need, if you need to look for someone, or if you want to get married, yeah, go to uh, this golf course in Minnesota. <laughs> I do love all that. It's so exciting. Um, yeah, but I don't know what has golf not given me. I mean, because it's given you a lot. I can't. I've watched your evolution. I mean, I know yeah. it's fun. It's yeah, because we see. met a long time ago. Yeah, you, before we this stuff happened, before Adventures in Golf. Exactly. Way before Adventures in yeah, Golf. Yeah, way before. Yeah. And so it's fun watching you grow. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> it's, it has it's been a cool. lot of growth. This past year has been insane. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't think it hasn't, I don't think there's anything it hasn't given me really. Good. Um, That I, that I want. Like there might be things that I don't know that I want. That's usually what it is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would love to break par. I would okay. love to shoot a sixty-nine or just play nine holes. You're good. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the irony is that if I play match play, I can go one or two under through three holes, no problem. Hmm. Like if you were like play these next holes really well, I would yep. be like no problem. Huh. And it's I funny because just... if you said, "Hey, I'll bet you a quarter I can do better on this hole than you," I would like fold. I'd shoot a. I make a really? twelve. Yeah, I did. I don't bet on the golf course. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like to bet either. I just like to match. I just like to play a match. I love match play. Match play, match is, play great. is great. Yep. I wish we had time to play golf. The local nine hole course is closed. The little nine around the corner. Oh yeah. I canceled my country club membership. Oh, did you? Yeah. I'm out. So we can't. Did, did we ever play that? Back we with the rest. There. No, we never went there. 
Sorry. Come back with the rest of us. Sorry. Come to the munis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't need to be incentivized to play more golf as much as I love it. And I really value it. And I, and I did get a lot of wonderful benefit, like, you know, uh, through the wonderful people I met there. But in the end, I mean, I just have to work mostly. Um, so bad your work is on the golf course. Uh, yeah. So I feel really bad about it where you want to play. I feel very bad (laughs) about it. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, I guess, I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm just I'm excited for people to learn more about you and to, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm excited to see what you end up doing with this. Like, cause it, I think it's kind of the same way. I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going. Yeah, I what? feel like I'm on the I'm on the third hole right now, and I got 15 <laughs> more to play. I don't know where it's going. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to look at it. Yeah. You know, when you get too planny, mm-hmm. then you just sort of which uh, is probably why you don't like people asking what are you gonna do next. I really don't. Yeah, some of my favorite episodes of Adventures in Golf were entirely unplanned. In fact, they were literally unknown. At the beginning of the trip, uh, is that as, scary for you, or is that is that the adventure part? Not at all. The is scariest it? is having a plan. Ah, because when you have a plan, something can go wrong. Um, but when there's no plan, there's no expectations. True. When there's which no, is why people play well at the beginning of the year too. There's no expectation. That's true. Or like if you've taken a month off. Yeah. First hole, birdie. Yep. <laughs> that's how <laughs> it's I. Funny roll. how that works, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the unplanned is uh, entirely more interesting to me. Uh, unfortunately, I can't shoot 10 episodes of entirely unplanned content True. for a large corporation. How many are unplanned out of the 10? Um, this season, zero. Okay. Uh, but season two, two episodes were unplanned. Oh, nice. Uh, Askernish and... Um, Which was maybe the best one. I would think so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's real. Yeah. And uh, in addition to Askernish, um, the uh, the uh, Himalayan Golf Club, unplanned. Nice. And we explain the story in 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 it, but you know, there's just something about the there. I've learned something from adventures in golf in life that is, uh, I it's better for me to go into something not knowing about the subject matter that we're about to. I think that's different from a lot of people, then too, isn't it? I mean, you're that's a that's a ballsy thing. Why? Because I think a lot of people, they want the plan and they need the plan to feel comfortable. And it's for you, it's the opposite. Yeah, it is. In fact, I've found it, it, it's actually difficult for other people that I'm coordinating with. I suppose, yeah. Like, do you know Cameron McCormick? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do, we're, gonna, we're trying to schedule something. And it's very hard for me to schedule it because, I mean, I can schedule some things, obviously. Yeah. Alfonso Riviero coming up on the podcast. Very excited. Nice. I'm super excited. Yeah, about I'm really now. Super excited about that. <laughs> he's in the fucking. He's over in uh, Sherman Oaks. Um, but but I mean, you know, with with Cameron, it's like we're going to be in the same city, and it is very hard to plan because most a lot of my life is unplanned in as much as the content creation, you know, because you need to keep a certain level of freedom in order for the spontaneous to occur. True. Uh, but even more, like even going into an interview, not knowing something about a person is helpful. Knowing a few things is good, but in some ways, the uncovering of the interesting stuff. So it's not like the late night vibe of the pre-planned questions and the. No. Yeah. I mean, I could do that. I'm sure. Yeah. I, it would be good, but I kind of like the long form of like, "What's your? Who are you? Oh my goodness, really? You are? Wow. No way. People, I think, I think that's exciting. It's hard to do, but. Um, but I think you're right. It's more fun that way too, because you find out. You might find out a different thing. I talk to the kids at school about that all the time. It's it's easy to figure out you know differences of people, but how do you find that connection? So I'll. Make them find connections. Right. Get four kids together. What's your connection? Whoa. Yeah, and they're and how do they do? They do great. And I, you know, it can't be like, hey, you're all guys, or hey, you all go to the <laughs> same school. It's you know, we have 
I was at a school a couple of weeks ago. They're like, hey, we all have the same initials. I'm like, whoa. That is kind of crazy. That's bizarre. Or it's, oh, yeah, we all have uh, brothers and they're all our youngest sibling. I'm like, whoa, cool. So it's just little things that may not be that meaningful, but the talked, exercise. But is. we talked about it earlier, too, that, you know, this world is so, we're just connected with everybody now hmm. that it's, it's easier to, it's easier to find these connections now than it was a long time ago. Right. And it's more meaningful that way too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have a hard time drawing similarities. I think, I think we have a much easier time with finding differences. Oh, yeah. Surprisingly on the golf course, I don't know how, I don't know how we walk up to a golf course and don't have immediate like welcoming vibes like you do in Scotland. But in, in America, there's it's, it's, I'm frequently met with a glare. Always. And I say that it's me, it's but me. I don't, no. I don't think it is anymore. I think now it's them. Because you see it a lot of different places. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I wish there was a way to uh, uh, fix that. There is a way to fix it, and we're doing it. But, you know, it's uh, it's hard. Do you think it's because so many people are concerned about themselves when they're on the course? They're concerned about the score, and they're concerned about how they look in front of other people. And they're Because, I mean, obviously, it's more comfortable to play with people you know. But when there's two twosomes that get together... You know, what's the, what do you think the rift is? Or what do you think the... I don't know. I mean, it's strange. It, it, it is unique to golf in some ways. I mean, it, no, it's, it's not even unique to golf. Because, I mean, even like basketball. Like, if I showed up to a basketball game and no one knew who I was, they'd yeah. be like, what are you doing? I, I think it is a lot of stranger stuff, like stranger danger. But I think, I, I think it's also just like... Because it's not even country club. Like, public courses Oh, it's have everywhere, it. yeah. Yeah, it, it's... I think... Um, I don't. I should probably figure out what the fuck it is because it is I, something. I'm curious, yeah, because you're right. I, I don't have the answer for it either. I'm just kind of curious that what do you see? I think that they're worried. I think that people, when they see you on a golf course and they glare at you, I think they're worried that either you're better than them or worse than them or the same as them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It's like they're just fucking worried, and I don't understand why. They're worried that you're going to make them slower. They're worried that you're very good or that you're going to make them look like an idiot. They're just worried that you're going to ruin their time in a weird way, it seems like. But meanwhile, it seems like they're ruining their time on their own. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're doing it to themselves. It's a very strange thing now that we think about it. Because I see it a lot. You probably see all that. I mean, I'm the same way, but you look at these people like, why are you, why are you on the golf course? You know what why it are is? you playing? You know what it is? I think, I think part of it is that no matter what club you're at, public, private, whatever, I think golf somehow bakes into its DNA... If you're in a foursome, you have your tribe, and yes. then every other foursome is a is a is an asymmetrical tribe, but they are not part of your tribe, which is kind of sad because it's actually they are much closer to being in part of your tribe than the if you allow them. Yeah, but I think for some reason, when you see another foursome on the golf course, the innate uh, response is to sort of question their presence True. on on the planet. Why is that? <laughs> Why is you're you're right. People are playing too slow. They're playing too fast. They're pushing and, me. They're yeah, and my, exactly. They're playing too fast. Yeah. They're playing too good. They're playing too bad. Yeah, they're, they're it's whatever yeah. it is. It's fucking Goldilocks. Yeah. They're but they're too loud. Oh, why don't they say anything? They're too quiet. They're yeah, they're great. It's, <laughs> yeah. They're too Asian. Yeah, they're too white. They're too they're not too like old. me. They're too young. They're they're, they're female. That's you know, that's that's a big oh, one. Oh, female. Yeah. I hate that. That drives me nuts. Yeah. As, as a uh, a bunch of bunch of women in that group. Yeah, exactly. You know, those women can kick your butt. <laughs> Yeah, it's very strange. The immediate is guilty. Right. It's wrong. It's guilty. They are not like me. Why is that? Why do we walk through a golf course assuming that everyone else on the golf course is 
not, I mean, obviously there are exceptions to this rule, but I would say they're in the, they're in the 10, 20%, right. 30% maybe where a person comes to you and be like, how are you? Have a nice day. It's such a great day out here that in Scotland, that's like 70 or 80, 90%. But in America, it's more like they like just sort of fucking stare at you. Yeah. And I think, I think really the reason is that, is that it's almost like a DNA thing. Like, like, um, pointer dogs, they point retriever dogs, pick things up and don't break their neck. Right. Um, fucking every dog has its own task. Golfers through evolution in America, American golfers, quote unquote, they were taught that golf is an exclusive private game. Uh, you know, of the 18,000 courses in America, how many are private? I think it's a, a majority, actually. Yeah, it's, all, it's quite a few. And so we have been taught since the last 130 years that American golf is an elite game that is exclusive. And no matter where you're playing, even if it is a public course that allows anybody, including dogs, yep. that, you know, just by the nature of it being golf in America, it is, you know, th- those other people must be uh, verified re- before trusting. And so, whereas in Scotland, it's like, no, no, the uh, the town owns the fucking land and you can join any club and you can play it. And the dues are actually uh, less than your phone bill. Oh. Whereas in America, you can barely get on Wilson for the price of your rent for a year. Anyway, I, I think that's actually what have, it is. Have you found any courses in the US that are are accommodating like that? Yes. And that are like, hey, this is my this is my place because everybody's cool here. Nobody cares about how anybody else does. They don't look at people with that glare. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I have. Well and I have. Um and, and I can name them, right? Beth Page. Absolutely. Beth Page is one of these wonderful equalizers, right? People come to Beth Page from all different walks of life. And one of the great things about Beth Page is that they're surrounded by the common experience of um, this is ours, right? This is, this is our. We, it's we, not mine, we, it's ours, yeah. Exactly. Like it. it's, a, it's a we, not a me. Yep. Um, Goat Hill, right, down in San Diego. Oh, I love the Goat Hill. played there. Yep. We were there together. Yeah. That's right. I love the Goat I told, because I, I played Tori and I played Goat Hill. And <laughs> I w- I, Tori was great, but... I loved Goat Hill. Yeah. I would go back there a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, Tori's great. Give me ten rounds. I'm taking nine at Goat Hill. Yep, maybe even ten. Okay, I'm taking ten. <laughs> the people were cool. It's just it was fun. Goat Hill's great. Um, Goat Hill, the music, the communal vibes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that place is engineered to run opposite. Yeah, and it's done well. It does. Yeah, it's just it's everybody feels comfortable there. And again, it's engineered with the we. Yes. Right. Um, you know, but, but I mean, beyond those two, I don't know. I mean, also, I mean, it is a little bit hard for me to gauge now because now like I went to a Trump course, Trump Ferry Point in New York, and I probably would have found that place quite douchey. But now I go and people are like, oh, that's the guy from so-and-so. And yeah. so they're nice to me now. Gotcha. Not like they would have been mean to me prior, but I definitely stuck out in a, in a, you gotta <laughs> do like an undercover one next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I could do that. No, but that is a nice feeling. I mean, you know, but yeah, there aren't that, there aren't, uh, there, there, there are, uh, maybe are that, all... maybe that's how you grow golf. Every yeah. time about growing golf, maybe that's how you do it. You how make you do it? people feel comfortable when they go. Yeah. And you got to replicate the, the ones that are doing it right. Well, Scotland the... and Goat Hill, get those two. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it is a strange thing. I mean, but then again, I mean, you can, 
you can apply this to, I mean, I get into an Uber and I feel like a jerk. Like, what did I do wrong? Right. I, I'm paying you to do something and you agreed that you would do it and now you're being a jerk to me because why? I find this all the time. I get I get really pissed off because I, I'm pretty cheap. I'm not cheap, but I'm like, I find, I look for the value in where I'm putting my money. And sure. so like, I've now committed, I now I only do Uber Select or Uber XL because the Uber X, they make me feel like uh, I've burdened them by getting in their car. <laughs> Thank I'm you, like, they're Why like, are you paying me money? They like pull over to get a Subway sandwich, and I'm like, uh, that the ETA was I'm gonna be late. I gotta no, but I mean, you know, it's like on some level the customer service in golf is a bit upside down. I don't sure. understand why. I don't understand why if their business is hurting, why why are they rude when when you're like, uh, hey, um, you know, yeah, like how hard is it to say, hey, thanks for coming out today. We really appreciate it. You know. Here's here's a here's a drink. Here's some teas. Here's a couple golf balls. Hey, thanks for playing. It, it can't be that hard, is it? In Scotland, every course that you walk off of, no matter who it is that sees you first, they say, "Where are you from? What'd you think of the course? Did you have a nice time?" In America, they're like, "The carts go over there. <laughs> no shoes. No carts in the parking lot. Get the leave. Leave now. Our restaurant's closed. Yeah, restaurant's closed. <laughs> and I accidentally undercharged you. I need fifty dollars. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's just so weird." Anyway, if you're listening and you have any ideas about this, you have any experiences about that, I'd love to hear those. Check us out, the Eric Lang Show at gmail.com. Uh, we're gonna Brian, check out Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, yep. Skavnak, S-K-A-V-N-A-K. Uh, you're on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Um, what's that? That's actually just my name on Instagram, but yeah, go, go to Be The Nice Kid on Instagram instead. Better. Yeah, Be The Nice Kid on Instagram. Uh, the website, BeTheNiceKid.com. Yep. Uh, and what's the golf one? The golf. happiest golfer. The happiest golfer. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us, hey, Brian. Thanks, man. This is, this has been great. That was great. We, we, again, we were having cookies. We, we had our paleo cookies. They I've had, never had the paleo cookie before until today. It was now, good. Now I've had two of them and I'm never leaving. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I made those on a whim today. I just thought, you know what? I got these in the cookie. Will Schwartz is up here. We're cooking up like YouTube, uh, algorithms, which is by the way, like a night, like I can't, it's too much. It, it kind of grinds me down. I don't really enjoy the whole like, you know, it's funny because you had this like post blow up mm -hmm. and like, I don't really enjoy the algorithms and the metrics of all of this social media stuff. I like making content and I like being myself. Yep. I like recording the podcast, but I don't like. That's the way you got Will the intern now. He can worry Will. about that stuff. You worry about the content. Will, let's make, let's make <laughs> that bread. And some cookies. Let's get this bread. <laughs> um, but anyway, um. You know, we I've I've toned down the paleo cookies because I got a lot of complaints. What? I got a lot of shit for it. For what? I guess it's gross to eat food on a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so they're still a part of the lexicon. They're still valuable. It's still an interesting part of the story. If you want to make paleo cookies, the recipe's on my YouTube channel. Um, there's a video there where we where we talk about the making of the paleo cookie. Anyway, that's it. So you had the paleo cookie with two thumbs up. Yeah, it's you pretty good. Got another thumb? I throw that one up. See, <laughs> Uh, you had a hot one too with I did, vanilla yeah, ice cream. You're right. That was huge. The most expensive vanilla ice cream you've ever had. It was well, yeah. it's only like five dollars. Yeah, okay. A pint. <laughs> okay. That's kind of expensive. That's right. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Brian. Have a good afternoon. And uh, you know, the current sign-off is I'll see you in the showers. So we're just gonna keep going with that. Sure.